0: They are swindling you because you can do something else. Because any one of us is capable of rising up in the name of our wounded dignity before such a swindle. Because any one of us can realize we have been swindled. Because we have finally realized what is being done to our detriment. And in rising up against it all, we can change not only the reality of things within the limits that it is possible to know them, but also one's life, making it worthy of being lived. One can get up in the morning, put one's feet on the ground, look in the mirror and say to oneself, At least I have managed to change things, at least as far as I am concerned, and feel one is a person worthy of living their life, not a puppet in the hands of a puppeteer you can't even see well enough to spit in the face. So that is why anarchists keep coming back to the question of what anarchism is. Because anarchism is not a political movement, or rather it is, but only in a minor aspect. The fact that the anarchist movement presents itself historically as a political movement does not mean that this exhausts all the anarchist potential for life. Anarchism does not resolve itself in the cuneo-anarchist group or in groups in Turin, London, or anywhere else. That is not anarchism. Of course, there are anarchists there, or at least one should assume there are. The kind of comrades who have begun with their own insurrection individually have become aware of the context of obligation and coercion that they are forced to live in. But anarchism is not just that. It is also attention, the quality of life, the strength we manage to draw out of ourselves, the capacity to change the reality of things. Anarchism is the whole of this project of transformation linked to what we realize in ourselves when we bring about personal changing. So it is not a quantifiable fact that can be historicized, nor is it even an event that will simply occur in the course of time, appearing through particular theories, people, movements, as well as, why not, through precise revolutionary acts. There is always something more than the sum of these elements, and it is this something more that continues to make anarchism live on in other ways. So we continually need to maintain a relationship between this this tension towards something absolutely other, the unthinkable, the unsayable, a dimension we must realize without very well knowing how to, and the daily experience of the things we can and do, do. A precise relationship of change, of transformation. The first example that comes to mind on this question is another contradictory element. Think of the concept behind the statement, There are problems to be solved. This is a classic phrase. We all have problems to solve. Life itself is a problem to be solved. Living is a problem. Our social conditions, having to break through the circle that restricts us, right to simply everyday goings on. We consider all this to be a problem. And herein lies the great misunderstanding. Why? The structures that oppress us, I think many of those present here are students, maintain that problems can be solved and that they can solve them for us. Moreover, They use the example of problems that are solved in geometry, mathematics, etc. But this kind of problem, the problems of mathematics that are presented as resolvable, are false problems. They are not really solved at all. The answers to them are simply a repetition of the same problem in another form, in technical terms, a tautology. One says one thing and answers by repeating the same thing another way. So basically the problem is not solved at all, it is merely repeated, And when we talk of solving a problem that involves the lives of all of us, our daily existence, we are talking of questions of such complexity that they cannot be restricted to a simple restatement of the problem itself. Take, for example, the problem of the police. The existence of the police constitutes a problem for many of us. There can be no doubt that the policeman is an instrument of oppression used by the state to prevent us from doing certain things. How do you solve such a problem? Can the problem of the police be solved? The very question reveals itself to be absurd. There is no such thing as the solving of the problem of the police. Yet from a democratic point of view, it would be possible to solve some aspects of it by democratizing certain structures, changing policemen's attitudes, and so on. Now, to think that this might be a solution to the problem of control and repression would be as stupid as it is illogical. In actual fact, it is nothing other than a way of regulating repression in keeping with the interests of power of the state. If a democratic politic is useful today... A far less democratic structure of control and repression might be useful in the future, just as it has been in the past, and any rare, marginal minorities who think otherwise on the subject would be expelled or eliminated from the ranks. When I say police, I mean any repressive structure, from military police to judiciary, all expressions of the state that serve to control and repress. So, as you can see, social problems cannot be solved. The swindle operated by democratic structures is precisely their claim to solve such problems. This swindle shows how democratic politics are not based on reality or even a minimum of concreteness. Everything is rigged up on the implication that things can be improved upon, can be resolved in time, can be said right. It is on this idea of of setting things right that the strength of power lies, and it is on this improvement uh, that power stands and continues in the medium and long term. Power relations change as we wait for what they promise to come about, but never does. Because these improvements never materialize. Because power changes and transforms itself throughout history, yet always remains the same. A handful of men, a minority of privileged people who hold the levers of power, look after their own interests and safeguard the conditions of supremacy for whoever happens to be in command. Now, what instruments do we have to combat this state of affairs? They want to control us? So we refuse control. Of course we can do this. We undoubtedly do, trying to minimize the damage. But to refuse control in a social context is only valid up to a point. We can circumscribe certain aspects of it, yell when we are struck unfairly. But there are clearly certain areas of power where rules are called laws. Signposts indicate enclosures, and men calling themselves policemen prevent us from entering. There is no doubt about it. Try getting into Parliament and see what happens. I don't know. Certain levels cannot be gone beyond. Certain controls are inevitable. So what do we do to oppose this situation? Simply dream? Have an idea of freedom, which, moreover, must be carefully formulated? Because we cannot say, the freedom anarchists want is simply reduction in control? In that case, we would find ourselves faced with the problem. But where does this reduction in control end? At a minimum level, perhaps? For for example, would the state become legitimate for anarchists, and instead of being the oppressor state of today, it were to become, let us say, the ideal minimal state of the liberals? No, certainly not. That is not the way to think. It is not a question of trying to limit control, but of abolishing control altogether. We are not for more freedom. More freedom is given to the slave when his chains are lengthened. We are for the abolition of the chain. So we are for freedom, not for more freedom. Freedom means the absence of all chains, the absence of limits and all that ensues from such a statement. Freedom is a difficult, unknown concept. It is a painful one, yet it is peddled as something beautiful, sweet, reposing, like a dream so far off that it makes us feel good, like all the things that, being far off, constitute hope and faith, a belief. In other words, these intangibles which apparently solve today's problems do not in fact solve them, But simply miss them over, change them around, preventing us from having a clear vision of all the woes of our times. All right, some say we will be free. Okay, things are in a mess, but within this mess there is a subterranean strength, an involuntary order independent of ourselves that works in place of us, which will gradually change the conditions of suffering which we are living in and takes us to a free dimension where we will all live happily ever after. No, that is not freedom. That is a swindle that tragically resembles the old idea of God that often helped us and still helps many people today in their suffering because they say to themselves, Very well, we are suffering today, but we'll be better off in the next world. In fact, as the Gospel says, the last will be first, heartening the last of today because they see themselves as the first of tomorrow. If we were to fob off such an idea of freedom as real, We would be doing no more than cradling today's suffering by medicating social wounds in exactly the same way as the priest heals those of the poor who listen to his sermon, deceiving themselves that the kingdom of God will save them from their pain. Anarchists cannot think this way. Freedom is a destructive concept that involves the absolute elimination of all limits. Now freedom is an idea we must hold in our hearts, but at the same time we need to understand that if we desire it, we must be ready to face all the risks that destruction involves all the risks of destroying the constituted order we are living under. Freedom is not a concept to cradle ourselves in, in the hope that improvements will develop independently of our real capacity to intervene. In order to understand such concepts, become aware of the risks one runs by wielding such dangerous concepts, we must be able to form the idea within us.